Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan, and my team. <laughs> Bastard. Plan that, did you? Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the music podcast where we take a great pop music album and talk about it, track by track. With passive-aggressive me and passive-aggressive you. And on the turntable uh, this how week... How dare you? So sorry. We've got Passive Me, Aggressive You by The Naked and Famous. Uh, so this week, we are headed all the way down to New Zealand, Auckland in New Zealand, to be precise, to... Uh, catch up with our mates, the naked and famous. I say mates, we don't know them, they don't know us. Yet. Yet, until this episode goes out. And this has been on the long list for a while, this one, hasn't it? Uh, and I think it's one of the ones we wanted to get to, but there was always something more prominent, more significant to get to. So great that we're finally here on the 1st of September. Happy autumn, Dan. Oh, happy autumn. And this is quite strange, actually, because I was listening to this album today in preparation. It feels very summery. So it's well, only, good, it's... because we haven't had our summer holidays yet. No, not yet. Coming up, as we've banged down about every week for the last few weeks, coming up in a couple of weeks. But we can exclusively reveal we are no longer going to Spain. No, uh, it's not doing great, is it? I think it's going to be Friends B&B in Italy. Uh, Blackpool. <laughs> yes, the sheets are Italian. I had an awful... Very wet weekend in Blackpool once. Really? Mm. Uh, not, not my sheets. So the Naked and Famous are a New Zealand band formed in 2007. Uh, and you've got current lineup Elisa, who does vocals and keys, and Tom. And he's one of those Toms where it's a TH. Mm. Oh, Thom. You don't say Thom. No, sorry. Sorry, Tom. Sorry, Tom. Who's uh, guitars and also vocals as well. Dan, how would you describe the sound of The Naked and Famous? Because that, it's a very, it's a real melting pot. It really is. And and again, whenever we're going to do an album, we listen to it a lot beforehand to really kind of get our head around the sound. And it's, it's very, obviously it is electronic. It's very electronic, but actually sometimes it goes much rockier than you would expect. Actually, when I was listening to it today, I was thinking it's quite rocky for us in general. Some it of the is, songs on here. But I love the rock dance juxtaposition. Mm. It's very early in the episode to say that. Yeah, I don't know that machine was ready, but I'm quite warmed up yet. <laughs> uh, I really enjoy that. I think I often like pop music that's at, at odds with itself. I think because, yeah, it's, you know, we've nearly been doing this for, well, two years. Next week we've been doing this. Everyone knows we like pop music, we like electronic pop music, we like synth pop music. But I think if, if another genre guides us by the hand via pop music to something else it kind of it's fine with us if it was very much in our face uh you know rap or heavy rock it'd be would be quite standoffish about it but um this gets very rocky maybe even a bit grungy but with electronic roots and and it works it's like they've taken us by the hand and guided us down a uh, dark alleyway and given us a big snog oh oh that sounds lovely when was the last time that happened to you so, Will, you mentioned the lineup of Elisa and Tom currently still making music as an Aiken and Famous and having just released an album this year. But if I'm not mistaken, it was a slightly different and slightly larger lineup on this album. So, on this album, they were joined also by Aaron Short, David Beadle, no relation, 
Or maybe. <laughs> uh, and Jesse Wood, not the Jesse Wood, uh, as well as Tom and Elisa. Uh, but the lineup has, as you say, has changed over the years. They've managed to boot the rest of them out. Um, a bit like S Club, really. Down, down to two now. Oh, yes. Which was news a while ago. Yeah. Um, old news now. And not even big news, really, was it? Uh, and Dan, yes, they've got an album out this year, in fact, called Recover. And I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, we, I think we've talked about it on the New Music Drop a couple of times. Have or, we? Or maybe the self-isolation special. Oh, I think we shared some tracks on Now Playing on uh, Instagram as well. Yeah. Do follow us at Track by Track UK. Oh, well done, Dan. Mm, good really on the ball today. I've been doing my, uh, my B-Tech in uh, media and fine art. So, uh, The Naked and Famous, we are going to talk about Passive Me, Aggressive You uh, today, which is the debut album from them. I mean, they had a couple of EPs before this, but this was the first long player that they released. Uh, And it was released uh, back in September 2010. So, well, kind of gives it away. But Dan, what is the reason for us doing it today? So, yeah, this album is turning 10 this week. I can't believe it's been, oh, we say this every week, I can't believe it's been X number of years since this album was released, but it does feel like only a couple of years ago that I was first getting into them. I remember seeing them live just around the time that this album came out when I was in Bristol oh. in a very small venue. Uh, and it was, they were, it was a cracking show and they did, uh, they really gave it their all. We've not talked about the Bristol years for some, some time, actually. It's quite nice mm. to go back there. Bristol fashion. Mm. Likewise, I remember I saw them live around this time. I think actually it did probably you? was the year after. Hmm? Not, a Brist- not a Bristol. No, but you saw them live. Yes. Um, at Glastonbury, I think. I'm actually going to, while the episode is going on, I'm going to do some research because I've got a memory of it. But sometimes my Glastonbury's can be a little bit hazy. So <laughs> perhaps I didn't see them there ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get stuck in. And while we're playing side one, track one, uh, you can maybe have a look through your diary. Good idea. So, side one, track one, this is all of it. So that was all of this. That was the first track. And that's the track where the title from the album comes from as well, if you didn't spot it, because we might not play the, that bit uh, in the 30 seconds. Oh, I really hope we did, Will. Whoever's editing this one, the editing fairies, what, what happened to them? Uh, they're on furlough. <laughs> I thought you might have left a window open and they got away. <laughs> they fluttered away. Like your uh, cockatoo. I do like a cockatoo. <laughs> So should we get it out of the way, Will? Should we, should we get the catchphrase out of the way before? Yeah, they really do set their stall out with this track. They really do. There is vigour, there is energy, the beat to this song. And I think that they've got such a fantastic constant beat in a lot of their songs. Uh, and this one is so prominent. I love it. Mm, and there's a wonderful progression through this track that I love. I love it the more it goes on. Uh, because it really the beat really picks up and the synth comes in out of it, but also the guitars come in more as well through it. Um, and I think we were really bobbing our heads away then. Yeah, almost like we were in a mosh pit, which we don't... I don't think you and I have been in a, a actual mosh pit before, have we? We've been in a standing crowd at a gig. 
Um, but I tried. I did try to crowd surf once. Yes, but the tide went out. <laughs> I thought you sunk. Quite a heavy load. Uh, how dare you? And also, that wasn't uh, just because I've made a joke previously on an episode of the podcast that I'd um, I'd borrowed from um, something on TV. That was something. I think that was from Absolutely Fabulous. That joke, oh, looking about crowd surfing when Adina and Patsy go and see um, Slipknot or something. Oh, really? So there we go. Don't go writing in. I'm stealing <laughs> jokes from the telly. This was a single, wasn't it? Well, this was the first single released from the album, but this wasn't the one that grabbed my attention. I don't know about you. Oh, really? Mm. Uh, well, no, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a huge track coming up, well, very soon, in fact, which was the attention grabber, I think, for this group. Dan, I know you're a fan of the detail. So who's, who's, on, who's on writing and production for this? That's a great question, Will. So all tracks on the album are written by Tom Powers and Elisa Zaelith and Aaron Short. So, uh, yeah, the three members of the band, three of the five members at the time of recording, uh, wrote all the tracks and they were produced by Tom and Aaron from the band. An interesting fact, Aaron Short is in fact six foot four. Really? I don't know. <laughs> uh, and Tom actually has no powers. And David Beadle has actually got one foot shorter than the other, <laughs> unlike his uncle Jeremy. <laughs> this is track two, Punching in a Dream. in a dream there and that was the third single to be released uh, from the album but i think it's probably off this album their most known track in the uk i would yeah i'd say either this one or another one that's coming up i think maybe on a par but i could be wrong this could be the most known one what a song though this what a is an iconic track and you know when you you associate certain music to certain periods of your life this is one i do attribute to when i lived in bristol and me and my gang of friends used to go to a, a club night called wonky which oh. is all which is like an alternative kind of pop dance pop night and it was this was like one of the anthems of that night um and this kind of typifies the type of music that they would play it is kind of like pop music but it's got a rockier dancier edge to it and uh, artists like lady hawk the gossip you know that sort of thing so whenever i hear this song i always think about really happy times i'm actually feeling quite jealous now because i honestly can't remember a time of hearing this song out and i can just envisage the what you're getting up to in wonky but i, I... oh <laughs> it's all very all very chaste <laughs> But um, yeah, I'd love to to experience that. But I I did my research while the song was playing. Naked and Famous did play at Glastonbury in 2011, after this the year after the song came out. Um, and I do have a very vague, very hazy memory of dancing to this one there. So that was almost makes up for it, or more than makes up for it. Maybe. Well, at least you can remember vaguely remember it, unlike New Order in uh, that time. Uh, thankfully, we've rectified that and actually seen them together live since. Yes, and I remember it. 
Awful ra- the... Awfully rainy night, wasn't it? Do you think New Order are, are a uh, influence on The Naked and Famous? I'd be very surprised if they weren't. Mm. Uh, but what is it about this track that's so addictive and so striking? I think, that for me, the vocals yeah. really stand out. Amazing vocals. From the vocals, two bits I really love, uh, and I'm sure you love them too because we were singing along to it in, in the playback. Uh, the etc and the way oh my god that was quite good wasn't it i don't ever want to be here here <laughs> like wheatus <laughs> teenage dirtbag baby um the it's so both of those elements of the tra- of the track are so catchy but there's a real immediacy to to the vocals throughout as well um and then the synths on this song as well. Like, it's, there's lots of rocky stuff going on. There's a very heavy bass line. There's quite grungy guitars. But the synths, they're, they're doing a lot of this song as well, aren't they? They're doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this song. This was a big hit in the UK. It got to number 135 in the UK charts. You are joking. Is that what it got to? Yeah. <gasps> but the, the charts were a were different it. time. Yeah. And that is true. Did it do well... In their native? Yeah, it got to number 11 in New Zealand. Well, even that kind of surprised me a bit. I thought it would have done better there. But it's not. The fact is, I think a lot of uh, music, similarly tasted music fans, does that make sense? Mm. Music fans with similar taste would agree with us that this is an absolute classic synth pop song of the last decade for now, nearly two decades. And in the UK, it was also released on Seven Inches. Oh, we do enjoy, what do you prefer, 7 inches or 12? Oh, 12. So before we move on, obviously, we've not even talked about the actual, the theme of the track, Punching in a Dream. I love, lyrically, I love it, but also that lyrically. idea of, oh, nearly missed that one. Uh, the idea of, you must have been there, Will, in a dream where you try to punch or you try to run and you can't. It's the most frustrating thing in the world, isn't it? You've just reminded me, actually, and I'm not making this up at all, about a dream I had last night. Mm. You were in it. Really? It was really weird because we went to Birmingham for a shopping trip. Oh. And we went into a shop and you started shoplifting. And when we came out, all you'd taken was two packets of spaghetti, <laughs> like, like dried spaghetti. Dried. Dried oh. pasta spaghetti. But you were so pleased with yourself. You can tell it was a dream because I don't know how to cook dried. I just normally stick with spaghetti hoops. Mm. can or pot noodle yes oh i love a pot noodle i don't really what was your favorite pot noodle when i did used to eat them many many years ago i'm much more grown up now uh chicken and mushroom oh me too yeah and the best bit was the little drink at the end oh the dregs yeah (laughs) let's move on to track three now before we say anything more uh this is frayed me well that is one of the heaviest songs we've played on track by track for some time now i think it really shows you the the range that's on this album so you can go for for the first two tracks which are a lot more kind of electronic and synthy mm. this is really showing their rockier roots which they do go on to display more of 
on this album and on future albums as well. I think it shows you their... Versatility? Versatility. Yeah, that's absolutely right. New word of the day. Mm. Word of the week. Um, it chugs, this one, I think. It chugs along like a machine, but uh, it's definitely... it feels It's very much part of the album, and I think it flows... Wonder- this whole album actually flows wonderfully, despite the fact that it goes from very peppy and poppy and synthy to this really brooding, quite dirty sound. But I really like it, and I think the the vocals of Elisa really do that that's maybe the main thread keeping this together she's sometimes joined on vocals isn't she by i think tom is mm. the one who joins on vocals but she's the thread that really does tie it all together i love her voice actually it's so unique it, it really is actually i can't think of another voice that's like hers um and you know sounding just as good as we said on the new stuff as well so the next track um the source it's one of those tracks we have occasionally where it's very short very brief so we're just going to play a little bit of it underneath uh, as we're talking. And I have to say, we always do say, but I, I do love bands who just do put these interludes in. And you get it more, I think, from synth bands, but it's almost like this this just was a piece that they started that didn't go anywhere, but they still wanted to share it. And I think it's a nice bridge between what is a very a heavier track with Frayed and kind of what's, what's to come as well. Yeah. I think it makes the album, again, it makes an album feel more like an album rather than just a collection of singles. Definitely. So let's move into track number five now. And this is your favourite newspaper, Dan. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) The Sun. Just to correct you there, that's quite disrespectful. My favourite newspaper is not The Sun. I'm a long-time Daily Mail reader. I knew it. And listeners, that I just get that. That is a joke. That is a disgusting rag of a paper. Anyway, less about politics, less about newspapers. Will, The Sun, The Song. The Sun, The Song. Um, I really like it because of where it goes. And like halfway through, it almost completely changes. Yeah. But even the beginning, I like like how it leads on from the source, that yeah. instrumental, that very acoustic piano there uh, is kind of the, the theme that keeps this between the two. Uh, the vocals as well, very, very breathy from Elisa and Tom kind of overlying each other. That's what it sounds like to me. I assume it's those two. But then, yeah, it's, it goes from this very stripped and very minimal thing. And then, as you said, the electronics come in and definitely much more a cup of tea after that. But... I like it as a package. Well, yeah, you get those repeated lyrics, um, but it keeps on coming, and then a different thing. It keeps on coming, and then something else, and that's pretty much then the rest of the the vocal through mm. the track. Yeah, it's it's one of those songs where it's it's quite hypnotic, almost actually, isn't it? Mm. It's one that you know, if you saw them live, this wouldn't be the big dancing moment like punching in a dream or anything else that we've heard. But you'd kind of be, I, I imagine, quite or if I can take my memory back almost a decade I imagine I was quite awestruck during this performance so track number six this is Eyes
that's one of my favourite tracks on the album. That really surprises me, actually. I love it. It's so, like, 80s-inspired with the guitars and the drum machine and the synths in there. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's just the perfect kind of mid-album track that just starts off great and just gets even better. Hmm. It's definitely, yeah, I can hear that 80s influence. I was listening to this one earlier today. And for the first time almost, because it's really weird with this album, um, obviously we know we know the albums we're going to talk about from months ahead, actually. We, we're very, very, very organised, aren't we? Very organised operation organized. here. Pretty much planned yeah. 2021, actually. I listened to this album a few weeks ago and I thought, actually, do you know what? This is very different sounding to what I thought it was going to be. I'm not, I'm not really sure if it's right for track by track. And I, def- I thought to myself, really not sure if Will's going to, like all of this album uh and then we chatted about it afterwards and of course you are still a big fan of the album and then listened to it again and what was i thinking because of course i am still a big fan of this album um but this song it's great it's i feel like will it's definitely an album track it is because it's 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 quite epic Mm. and i don't know if it would pop as a single also, I feel like the levels, the instruments, instruments, the instruments, <laughs> the instruments, the vocal, the percussion, it's all very much on the same level, which is quite weird. You don't often get that. It makes it feel like, despite the fact that there's a lot of energy to this song, it does, it does, it's not as in your face as Punching in a Dream, for example. But the, pa- it's the drums, it's the pounding, it's, it's pounding harder than, the wind right at the moment whilst we're recording, actually. Christ. It's extremely... Blowing a gale. ...dramatic weather. Mm. And we've gone through the full gamut, haven't we? It's been wet. It's been hot. Uh, it's been hot and wet. Mm. Uh, it's been windy. But no, it's... it's um, what a great song. What a great title as well. Eyes. Just eyes. We've all got them. Apart from that lady that had the uh, unfortunate encounter with a chimpanzee in America. God, she got her face ripped off. Yeah, and she actually said to the doctors when they, when she came round, she said, they said, you're not going to see again. And she, I think she was quite heavily Christian. And she said, no, no, it's fine. Like, I will see again. My eyes are going to work again. And the doctor had to say to her, no, the, the chimps ripped your eyes out. Like, you're not going to see again. There are no eyes there. And she did see again. No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was going to be a twist in the tale. No, there. it's not a happy end. Not everything's got a happy ending, Will. Right, moving on now, track number seven now, and this is Young And another anthem of a track. It's so it's one of those songs that as soon as it finishes, I just want to start it all over again. A yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's, it's very similar, isn't it? In style, it's very similar to Punching in a Dream. That whole, that explosion of electronics, really catchy melodies and hooks like we just sung there. Lots of... Um, fantastic like bass and guitar as well giving it a bit of a rockier edge it, but it's also as well actually it's one of those songs that was just made for festivals you, you can imagine being in a field at glastonbury hopefully next year and this playing and just going crazy 
And this was a number one hit in the motherland of New Zealand. Oh, good. And it got to number 64 in the UK singles charts. What, what, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with you? Well, I, I bought it. No, actually, I, I distinctly remember doing a um, Complete This Album on iTunes for this, for this album because I bought a couple of the songs before. Such was the anthemic nature. This was heavily used in advertising, TV and film as well. And I'm not going to go into the gory details, but uh, I think they did quite well out of the licensing for this. And I, I did read, actually, upon doing our research, that this was likened to the sound of MGMT. Weirdly, I never really... I love both bands. I never really put them in the same bracket before, but it does have that kind of same, similar sound, doesn't it? The electronics and the edge, the kind of rocky edge, bring it together. And there's also, I'm going to throw another band into the mix with Naked and Famous that I've been itching to talk about. Uh, and that's of Kids of 88, who are also from New Zealand. They're a little bit more uh, electronic synthy than uh, the Naked and Famous, but they have toured together. Uh, and maybe there's some further listening for me to talk about there as well. Mm. But I absolutely love them. Um, and they, did, they were around at the same time as well. And I think I'd love to do, if we're lucky, let's just have a little bit of Kids of 88. That was a little bit of Kids of 88, just for just for background. Get them on the long list, Will. Get them on the bloody long list. They're on the long bloody list. long list. When oh, did you last read the long I, list? I can't keep up with that long list. It's longer than... Uh... A wizard sleeve. So before we move on from Youngblood, I just also do want to mention that it was covered by Birdie. I don't know if you remember this, Will. Now, I'm not going to do an for Lucky because um, I've got a lot to get through today. But Birdie's, I'm a big fan of Birdie's version. What do you think? I haven't heard it. Let's do an If We're Lucky. Shall we? Yeah, oh, go wow. on. Come on. It's Christmas. Christmas. So that was from Birdie's debut self-titled album where she stripped back a lot of well-known songs, including this one, some stuff from Fleet Foxes as well, and Cherry Ghost. Uh, Will, I was apprehensive to play it for you. What do you think? I really like that, except I was waiting expectantly for the yeah, yeah, yeahs to come in. I had a few false starts. Yes. But I got there in the end. Let's move on now, please, to track number eight. No way, no way. Manana.
go the way you expect it to go? No, it doesn't at all. Do I was expecting kind of halfway through the album, something a little bit more stripped back. But then halfway through, bang, you nearly fell off your chair, Dan. I, well, I did. And thank the Lord, it was nearly a bit of a disaster because I just made myself a cup of chamomile. And it started with that acoustic guitar. And I thought it's a bit of a stripped you back. You were digging in moment. for something a bit more relaxing, weren't you? Absolutely, I was. But, thank uh, goodness it, it, it kicks off. Out of nowhere, it's crash, bang, wallop and fuzz and distortion and all sorts of things going on. But at the same time, we looked at each other and we nod our, nodded our heads like it's actually secretly this is what we wanted. Yes. And I think it's still, even with the thrashing guitars and the beat, the lyrics and vocals are still very tender. Yeah. the Like you say, yeah, the vocal particularly, it um, just kind of tiptoes across the rest of the sound, doesn't it? And contrary to what we said at the start, it is just called No Way. There's no second No Way. And there's no Manamana. No, it's not a cover of the classic vanilla track. Mm. And No. <laughs> None of that. None not of that today. Malarkey. Not today. Not today. Don't get fresh with me. Did we just harmonise then? Uh, I, I think when we listen back to it, we will. We are so far off harmonising. Track number nine now, and Dan, this is what you did to the boy from the chip shop when he was bent over into the chest freezer trying to get a halibut out. Spank. <laughs> Spank. Dan, was it for you a oral spanking? I do like a good spank, and this was a very good spank, yeah. Just um really like the the vocal and the melody, how it kind of it builds, it kind of steps up throughout certain sections of the song. And then the chorus kicks in and it is a real thrash about. Mm, which is uh absolute heaven actually, yeah. Thrashing and spanking. Yes. <laughs> are you a big, are you a fan of this one? I do like it as well. And I know I'm surprising you a little bit this week, but you've always got those slightly synthy electronic undertones to a lot of the tracks on this album that I think underpin it for me in a way that a lot of rock music and guitar-based pop music doesn't. And, you know, people can surprise you. You know, I might think that you like some of the more lighter, innocent things in life, but really you might like the, the dirt and the leather and all that kind of... Uh... Well, no, 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 no. Don't go casting nasturtions or anything. Have you bought your ticket for Download Festival next year yet, or Leeds Reading? Uh, not yet. No, no, no. Glastonbury's much more my scene. Mm. Yeah, me too. And maybe the Naked and Famous will be there next year because That'd they be... have had a new album out this year. It'd be great, wouldn't it? I think you and I would be there, and we'd be well up for stuff like Spank, well up for a Spank at Glastonbury, as well as um, the bigger hits as well, uh, and some Young Blood as well. Actually, <laughs> we're not vampires. <laughs> no, no. Just help them out when they're busy. Um, just, um, are you enjoying the new album, actually? Naked and Famous? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's who we're talking about this week, isn't it? Uh, I don't know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll just start thinking about Twilight, then we can talk about vampires. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's really good. I adore Everybody Knows. (laughs) 
don't you? You quite often do put your dirty laundry out to air. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it does need a second wash. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everybody knows it's great. And Bury Us, Sunseeker, Recover, uh, which were singles uh, and releases before the album, are great as well. I think it's probably a little bit more synthy than this. Yeah, if definitely. If I had to say. And depending on our listeners' preferences, uh, that might be a good thing or a bad thing, or you might be indifferent. I think our listeners probably would think that was a good thing, mainly, but not to not to cast aspersions. Mm. Uh, and there were two albums in between, Will, In Rolling Waves, which came in 2013, and Simple Forms in 2016. Did you keep up to date too much? I uh-uh. can't say they grabbed me, Dan. Really? Yeah. But now they've gone back to the two-piece version of the band. Clearly, that was the... That was the part of the band that you loved then, because if you love this new album, mm. one would assume. And I have to say, likewise, I didn't... It's just, again, it's one of those bands where I, don't, I just don't think they were as prominent in the music scene during this, the, those albums. Uh, and I missed them. So that homework for me, further, further listening for me. I will go and listen to those after this episode. Let's move on to the next track now. So this is track number 10, Jilted Lovers. Voices in my head Multiply I'm such a A great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. Uh, so for this, uh, the debut album cover for The Naked and Famous, you've got what looks like a day glow globe mm-hmm. uh, with some sort of mountainous regions. Yeah. Why did you smile then when I said mountainous regions? Do you say regions? Maybe you automatically <laughs> think of a man's nether regions. <laughs> No idea why. Well, I've got a good idea why, actually. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love, it's, it's almost kind of the organic versus the synthetic in, yes. on this cover for me, if I had to read it. Yeah. The mountain is the rock and the, uh, <laughs> not Dwayne Johnson, and the, the colourful globe is the electronic synth elements of the sound, mm. I think. And I think that is the comparison. Yeah. There to it. And you've got the naked and famous, passive, aggressive, passive, <laughs> passive me, aggressive you, written across the middle in quite a thin uh, white font there. But Dan, what do you think of the track? I thought it's probably it's the right time to talk about the album artwork. It's, um, it's in keeping with the rest of the sound of the album, but it's not, it, doesn't, it didn't jump out to me as much as a lot of the stuff that we've heard today. We recently did a recording where we talked about how 10 tracks is the perfect, we think, Length. generally speaking, yeah. And, and there's lots of variations of it and it's not always the case, but generally 10 tracks is, is a good amount of tracks for an album. This one is coming to 13. Um, could this track have been left off? Mm, I'm not mm. sure I would have really missed it if it was. And I'm not a huge fan of this track. For me, it could have been left off. If that wasn't quite clear. (laughs) Because I talked about the album artwork. (laughs) So let's get stuck into track number 11 now, which I am a fan of. This is A Wolf in Geek's Clothing.
Oh, you said you loved that one, Will. Yeah, I just, I was, again, thrashing around to it. He was quite, looked like... Um, An epileptic ferret. I was about to say that. Oh, we can say that, apparently. Yeah, ferrets are fine. Or a stoat. Or a small fox. A weasel. Oh, not a bloody weasels. Mm. Every week they seem to come up and stick their noses in unnecessarily. So I do enjoy that because after Jilted Lovers, which I do think isn't that inspiring or really goes to it anywhere, this at least has a real energy to it. It does. And I, I the thing I love most about this song, actually, I've got to be honest, is the title. It's a great title for a song. What's the actual phrase? A wolf in, in sheep's, sheep's clothing. clothing. Yeah. A wolf in geek's clothing would mean it would be a wolf wearing like a plaid shirt, glasses, yeah. braces. Just describing what I'm wearing. That's quite offensive. And you've got nothing on underneath. No. <laughs> I like to. Um, that would be a, a wolf in sluts clothing. <laughs> so it's worth mentioning that there were other versions of this album. Uh, some of the uh, EP tracks attached, as in the UK, had the No Light EP and the This Machine EP attached. And as ever in Japan, more bonus tracks. But we will come on to talk about those a little bit more. But I feel they push the kind of rockier, guitar-driven envelope a bit further with a lot of those tracks. Mm. There are also some re- great remixes available. There are, yeah. And obviously we are going to get to further listening, but to heck with it let's say it now we were spoiled for further listening choices this week weren't we because mm. there's a whole collection a whole compendium of b-sides and remixes purely from this album uh, which i've been enjoying i'm sure it's the same for you will just as much as i've been enjoying kind of revisiting the album let's edge a bit closer now with track number 12 which you can hear again playing just whilst i'm talking now because this is another shorty uh the ends go shorty <laughs> It's your birthday. And it's very dream pop-like, isn't it? It's very, a lot lighter. Yeah, very ethereal. You can imagine this being part of the live set and this being, because it, you know, it, it, it does the job it's supposed to do. It, it leads into the next song. Uh, it's a bit of a interlude to that. And uh, yeah, you can imagine in, the, in a live set, this being a bit of a moment, just, just a time to get your breath. Uh, so on to the last track on the album proper, and this is a great track to go out on. It is. Uh, Girls Like You. I love it. I think what's really, really weird about that is that we were three quarters of the way through that song and it was only then that I said, oh, it's not Alyssa singing this, it's a boy singing this song. It was just, it seemed so much a part of the whole album that I didn't realise it was a different vocalist. It's a great way to end the album as well because it builds up and up to a kind of euphoric crescendo Mm. that, you know, and we hate an album that peters out and thankfully our record remains intact no, I, I'd argue that will actually, because I thought that Justin Timberlake's album did peter out. Oh yeah, that's the one of the year. Some like some amazing. Only stuff. one, and we're in September now. Yeah, so that's not bad. That's not going. bad at all. Um, 
But this one, it, it's I love that. There's something about it that it's obviously it's not as immediate as Punching a Dream and Young Blood. They are the real big songs. And this was a single, wasn't it? It was the fourth single from the album. But it's 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 still very much an electro pop, uh, synth pop anthem, but in a much more stripped back version. And what a great place to leave the debut from The Naked and Famous. Mm. But we've got some further listening. We do. Uh, and there's such a, a rich back catalogue of uh, B-sides, uh, remixes attached to this first album that that's where we're going today, isn't it? Yeah, we um, we genuinely have been spoiled for choice. I think we both probably could have picked two or three tracks to pick to play now, but that's not the right thing to do. Go and do your own homework. Yeah. Lazy. Dan, what have you gone for? So, again, it does feel a little bit lazy because um, I've gone for a remix and there's a lot of B-sides which are really good, but this remix is by The Sound of Arrows. And I really like... I, I knew you were going to go for this Really? One. Yeah, yeah. When these came out, The Sound of Arrows, or I think it was a, a, an individual, wasn't it, called the sound, going by The Sound of Arrows, really liked the songs that were coming out. Uh, so as soon as I saw his name on this, I thought, mm, this, this might be right on my street. And do you know what, Will? It was. Sound of Arrows remix of Young Blood. Will, what did you think? I think it gives the it gives it the electro donk that I'd always dreamed of. Oh, often dreamed of a, a bit more of a donk, haven't you? I just think it's I just think it's it's great and just yeah, it's that pulsating electro beat that goes through it. Um, really gets you moving. It does. We were having a little jig to that one together and uh it's uh yeah i mean the original is fantastic it's, it's not as good as the original because that's no. so good but <laughs> yeah it just gives it a bit it strips. Another, another side to it yeah and mm. i knew you'd like it that's actually part of the reason why i picked it actually will really yeah well, don't, don't do it for me no I, I do i do i do well which song which further listening song have you picked that you know that i will love? so i've gone for a b-side and this is featuring kids of 88 i nearly picked this one so this is a source of light <laughs> Kids of 88. Now, Dan, interesting fact with mm-hmm. the lyrics of this song. Uh, there's a track by Kids of 88 themselves, uh, which you which has the lyrics of this song in, which is um, Ribbons of Light, which is the first, which is side one, track one on the Kids of 88 album Sugar Pills, which I can't recommend enough, especially if you enjoyed The Naked and Famous and you love track by track mm. as well. And but I do I, like both of those things, Will. Well, I hope you like track by track, Dan. It's okay. We'll take it or leave it. Otherwise. But 
I love the build up in that track and the beat that kicks in and it's very it's very ethereal as you've already used that word yeah I think it's a word that works well with a lot of what we've heard today but yeah it's great when it first starts I you know it's not for me it's not the obvious Will Warren choice of a further listening track of a, a song to highlight but then it moves into it and that's what makes you appreciate the beginning just as much as the end Good. You mean you don't normally? Well, it's become a bit of a chore. Well, you have a nice, you have a ride out, you have a, you have a dinner, and then you, uh, we drop you back again afterwards. You take me for a carvery at the local uh... Toby. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what you're doing at Toby Carvery now uh, with like social distancing and the fact that so you can't go up and just heap the slop onto your plate like you normally would. I've got some inside information for you. Oh. That you are going to love. As you might know, as we've mentioned a few times, my mum owns a pub. They do a carvery on a Sunday. Uh, it's not Toby Carvery. It's an independent, very lovely village better pub. Better quality. Much better, yeah. Um, and so for carvery on a Sunday, now they have to put it on for people. Uh, the People can't pile on their own mash and, and, and everything else that they normally do. Like... I've I've been at my mum's pub and people have been up for a carvery and they build a wall of mashed potato and then so they can get more food in the middle of it. There's some greedy pigs and they haven't been back. Uh, Is that what you do? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea actually. I'll yeah. just keep that in my back pocket for when everything's fine again. Um, so that is the insider, guys, on what's happening with carveries during lockdown. So, Carvery update there. Carvery corner. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, uh, great album, great chat today. Uh, and if you enjoyed The Naked and Famous and the episode today, it'd be great to hear your thoughts on our social media channels at Track by Track UK, on the whole bloody lot of them. Mm. And do give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like to share how you feel. Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next? So, Will, next week is our second anniversary together. Uh, on Track by Track. Oh, not, yes. Yeah. Not, not we both have separate partners. Yes. And sometimes we swap. No, we don't. <laughs> so, it's two years of Track by Track next week. Of course, you all know, we always go back to our joint favourite band when it's a, a big anniversary. So, we're going to be talking about a big album by a synth-pop duo. duo. Legend. And Dan, how on earth are we going to compete with that 100th album episode that we did? Well, I feel like we don't need to compete with ourselves, but we do have some wonderful surprises in store. Oh, lovely. A stripper. This time, yes. So you've said too much. Uh, so <laughs> oh, God, I really have. Oh, and do join us on Saturday as well, of course, for the new music drop. If you'd like some new music in your ears. So until next time, I've been Jeremy Beadle. And I've been Bob. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. It's got to be moist.